In the gospel today, we have this very dramatic story of Jesus going to the temple and uh, outside of the temple in an area that's called the court of the Gentiles. He finds people uh, buying livestock and uh, changing money. And it's not that these things in itself were bad. They actually were, were necessary for the people who were coming to the temple. Jewish law provided that when you came to the temple to make sacrifice, and you would you'd have to make sacrifice of a, a goat or a sheep or a bull or a dove, kind of depending on your financial situation. And uh, Jewish law allowed for people not to have to bring one of their own because they were traveling a long distance, so it might have been difficult to bring a bull along when you went on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So Jewish law provided that you could, you could come to Jerusalem and purchase the animal that would then be sacrificed outside the temple. Uh, there were also people changing money there, and this too was necessary because... Everybody carried the Roman coin, but the Roman coin carried the, the image of the emperor, and so it was, it was an idol. So they couldn't use the, the Roman coins to pay the temple tax. Rather, they had to exchange those Roman coins for, for Hebrew coins, and then they would be able to pay the temple tax. So it wasn't that anything that was going on was bad. It's just that clearly... When Jesus says, stop making my father's house a marketplace, he felt that this commerce or this kind of worldly exchange of goods was distracting people from the true purpose of the temple, which is prayer, which is worship and sacrifice. So there's something going on right in the middle of of this holy place that distracted people from the true purpose of that place. And um, it's, it's pretty striking how intolerant Jesus is of that disorder that he finds there in the temple. Uh, he's so much so that he turns the tables over, drives the people out. He's not trying to play nice here. And we have to, we have to pay attention to that, how... Uh, how, how Jesus, uh, we might even call him harsh here, how he doesn't have any patience or time for what's going on. But it's important to see how Jesus saw a disorder in the temple, and so he needed to do something about it immediately. And he wasn't worried about being nice or making people feel good about themselves. He just needed to get rid of the disorder, which is what he did, dr- dramatically. And, and obviously it caught people's attention So the onlookers, the Jews, asked him, what what sign can you show us for doing this? In in other words, like, who gives you the authority to to come in here and turn our tables over? And then Jesus says something that um, obviously was shocking to the people who heard him. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So this was obviously confusing for the people who heard it because they're standing in front of this massive, beautiful building. Destroy this in three days, you're going to raise it up? Of course they're confused by that. The writer of the gospel, though, 
interprets this for us. He says, actually, Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. He was speaking about the temple of his body. It's really interesting uh, that we have this comment from the gospel writer because this, this helps us to understand something very important. It's that Jesus comes as the new temple. He is the fulfillment of the purpose of the temple. So in order to understand this, we have to understand what the temple was and what it did. I think two things we can say are important about the temple. First of all, it's the holiest place on earth to the Jews. Why was that? Because in the temple was the holy of holies. And that was the, the most sacred place on earth. Why? Because they believed that it was, it was the dwelling of God himself. It was the place where God dwelt among his people. So when people would come on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, they actually couldn't go inside the Holy of Holies. It was too sacred. The high priest could go in there one time a year to offer an incense offering. So, but they would pray outside of that Holy of Holies. And they, they believed that, that in doing so, they were praying in front of God himself who had come to dwell with his people there in the temple. So that was the first purpose of the temple. Second purpose of the temple was it was a place of sacrifice. So like we alluded to earlier, people would bring their animal offering and then they would give it over to the priest and the priest would slaughter that animal and, and burn up its, its dead body outside of the temple. People, people say that you would have smelled the temple long before you would have seen it because of all the burnt offerings that were happening there. Thousands and thousands of animals being slaughtered on a daily basis. So, so anyway, the, but what was the purpose of that sacrifice though? Well, it's because people knew themselves to be sinners and they knew that they needed to do something to be reconciled with God. So, so they bring an animal, and the animal is actually symbolic of themselves and their whole life. And they're bringing this animal, and they're, say, and they're saying to God, I'm not worthy of this life because of my sinfulness, so I'm sacrificing it here to you, which is pleasing to you. And because I do this, you reconcile me with yourself and bring about communion between me and you. So that's what, that's what the meaning of that sacrifice that was happening, that Jews had to offer on a yearly basis. So what does it mean then that Jesus is the fulfillment of the temple? Well, both of these things happen in Jesus perfectly. Because Jesus is God. He is God come to dwell among his people. So no longer do we need the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant because we have a better than that in Jesus, God in person coming to dwell among his people. So he fulfills that purpose. He fulfills the second purpose too. How so? Well, because Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And in Jesus' person, he unites his human nature and divine nature perfectly. And so humanity in Jesus is perfectly reconciled to God. It's exactly the purpose of this temple sacrifice, to reconcile us to God. This happens per 
perfectly in Jesus already. So this is, I mean, this is really important. It's why in, in 70 AD, when the Romans destroy the temple, why the Christians didn't rebuild the temple. And the Jews actually didn't either, but that's for different reasons. But Christians didn't need the temple. Why? Because Jesus is the new temple. So when we hear the gospel writer make this comment, inter- really helpfully interpreting Jesus' words for us, he's speaking about the temple of his body. I can't help but think of something that St. Paul says that's very similar. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says this to the, to the Christians he's writing to in Corinth. He says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So, like what Jesus said to the Jews in today's gospel blew their mind this would have blown the minds of the Christians who heard Paul, said, Paul say this to them, at least those Jewish Christians who knew the significance of the temple. Temple isn't a word that you just throw around lightly. It's the most important place. So for Paul to say to his followers, these Christians at Corinth, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that would have been something that they had to to grapple with, wrestle with, wrap their minds around. What in the world does that mean? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What happens in baptism, right here at this baptismal font, whether it's an infant being baptized or an adult being baptized, when we're baptized, what happens? The sin flushes out of us. It's true for an adult. So infants haven't sinned. They have original sin. That's washed away in baptism. An adult, an adult who's baptized, they don't need to go to confession before baptism. Every single sin they've ever committed their whole life, no matter how serious, washed away in the waters of baptism. Instantaneously gone. Their soul perfectly white here at the baptismal font. And the, but, but, But what follows, the sin leaves, but someone follows that sin, and it's the Holy Spirit who then comes to dwell inside of that person, God himself. So, interesting. Paul says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the purposes of the temple, is that it's the dwelling place of God. Paul's saying that you are the dwelling place of God. All Christians, me and you, you are the dwelling place of God because we've been baptized And every time we come to Holy Communion, God himself comes to live among us anew, right inside of us. So we're a temple. This has a a lot of, um, you know, if we believed this, we would treat each other a lot better because we'd see each other as a temple of God, Holy Spirit. We'd we'd treat ourselves better too. We'd take better care of ourselves if we believe this. But But there's a second purpose of the temple, it's not just the dwelling place of God, it's the place where God and humanity are reconciled. So this too happens in us. As grace transforms our humanity, God begins to dwell within us in peace and harmony and reconciliation. But this is something that 
constantly has to be achieved. Why? Because I let an awful lot of money changers into my heart. I let, and I let an lot, lot, awful lot of uh, sheep and oxen in there too. Worldliness, a lot of it. So, greed, greed, envy, laziness, lust, unforgiveness, anger. I let all those things in my heart. And, um, and Jesus is intolerant of that. He's very tolerant towards me. He's intolerant towards my sins. He wants, he wants rid of them because he sees what they do to the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is me and you. He sees what our sins do, do to us. So when he sees those impurities within us, he wants to rid us of them. Maybe you've noticed as you begin to pray and grow closer to God, I notice this. I begin to notice more of my sins and I begin to like want to be rid of them. That's an authentic movement of the Holy Spirit as I, as I am more aware of God dwelling within me and I want to give up my sins. That's a good and holy desire. Sacrament of reconciliation does what Jesus does in the temple today. Sacrament of reconciliation does this in our hearts. Why? Because when we make a good confession, confessing our serious sins for sure, any other venial sins we can think of, when we make a good confession, we walk out of the confessional with a white soul like on the day of our baptism. That's what we believe. It's amazing. Jesus kicks the sin out of us, all of it, including the venial sins that we forgot to confess. We just have to try to make a good confession, confessing our serious sins. That's amazing that that happens every time. And we have to keep going back because I continue to let worldliness in. But over time, holiness takes root, makes a difference. And God becomes more and more united, integrated into my humanity. This is why we call the baptized person a new Christian, which means another Christ. So if Christ is a temple, then we're a temple too. We have to live like that and treat others like they're a temple. Lent is such a good time for us to think about this because, you know, this is what the Lord is inviting us to give up. All of the worldliness that we allow in our hearts that we become addicted to and attached to. Let's ask the Lord today, no matter how our Lent has gone, that he'll, he'll help us, he'll renew it within us the desire to rid our lives of sin with the zeal that he rid the temple of the money changers and uh, the people selling animals. Let's ask the grace also uh, for renewed devotion to the sacrament of reconciliation, which accomplishes this purpose within us, purifying and cleansing this temple so that it can be a place where God dwells in our hearts in peace.